What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome to our final scary Halloween episode for Into Geek. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew Drew and Bay Chase. Hello. And a special uh, spooky guest. Uh, my wife, Patty, has, has decided to grace us with her presence after I begged her. Hello. <laughs> All right, guys. As promised, uh, today will be the reading of my terrible book that I wrote or started to write back in 2009. So this is like an entirely different me writing this. And I was super into uh, Supernatural at the time and like, you know, things like that or whatever. And so uh, I was just, I was so convinced I was going to write this this great trilogy. The great American novel. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> um, so I, I, I will be drinking as we do this. Um, it, it, if it gets too long... Um, We'll we'll just call it. I told my wife that she had to sit through at least one awful chapter of this, um, and we'll see if she wants to keep going. So this book is called Hell Debt, um, D-E-B-T. Um, I forget the name of the main character. It was going to be like his his trilogy. I literally can't remember his name. <laughs> I have not read this in forever. Um, but like I said last week, um, there was a third version where I chopped out literally five of the chapters in this book because I was like, none of this shit matters. But... I don't have that version, so we've got this version where I give a lot of flavor and uh, character building to people that do not matter. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Are, are you guys ready? Go for it. All right. Chapter one. The body of Benny lied lifeless with a look of torment on his face. He had been dead for hours and was stretched across the bathroom floor. Barry, his brother, kneeled beside him with misty eyes. Gay watched from the corner, trying to think of something comforting to say but could only come up with one word, sorry. Barry looked up at his new friend Gabe and simply gave a small small smile of thanks. So far, so good, you know? It's like a murder scene in a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. Um, the room was filled with police officers and detectives alike. This bathroom was filled with what looked like, um, I'm sorry, with what looked to be a scene from some monstrous movie. Whether or not it was a crime scene was a whole other matter. Benny did not die of natural causes, at least that much was certain. The problem was that no one could figure out what the hell had actually happened. Uh, the police had only been on the scene for about 20 minutes, and it didn't take long for all of them to wish that they had called in sick today. Because it was so gross, you know? You, know, <laughs> you get it. Uh, every on-scene officer that dared to take a peek into the now-destroyed bathroom that at one point looked to have some sort of sailboat thing either fled the room within seconds or nearly threw up their breakfast on uh, onto the actual decaying body. Um the only thing that everyone could agree on uh, is the fact that they needed to get someone down here with more experience. And if you needed a person, uh, oh, sorry, if you needed an experienced officer in Old Westbury, there was only one guy to call. Sergeant Campbell got the call around 10:15 a.m. He made the scene by 10:28. Campbell uh, mainly wrote a desk these days, not by choice, mind you, but by the order uh, handed down by the higher ups. At one point, Campbell had been the top cop in the big city. In his 20s, he had seen his fair share of cases, anything between uh, armed robberies, kidnappings, to shootouts. Granted, most of those cases had happened when he was in New York City. He transferred to Old Westbury about four years ago after he was uh, run over by a fleeing purse snatcher. Campbell was off duty at the time uh, and saw the mugging go down no less than 20 feet in front of him. What he didn't see was a guy's partner waiting in the brown Buick about 100 feet away. When the snatcher uh, took off, Campbell gave chase. When he hit the streets, the Buick hit him. Campbell was lucky to be alive. He broke a hip, fractured his thigh, and he shattered his collarbone. At his age, he, he should thank God that he can still walk. Instead, Campbell curses God for letting the purse snatcher get away. 
and for giving him a permanent limp. So, you know, just building some character stuff there, you know, just, uh, you know, super mm-hmm. tough cop, you know, you know, from like, you know, the Bronx. For some reason, like when you said, like, he got the call at 1015 and he was there by 1028, mm-hmm. I just think of like Pulp Fiction. He's like, it takes 30 minutes to get there. I'll be there in 15. I'll be there in 15, <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, after Campbell was finally able to work again, he was immediately assigned a new cushy station. Well, that's being nice about it. To be honest, he got sent somewhere where he couldn't get run over by cars anymore. Old Westbury is one of the richest small towns in all of the United States, not to mention it's also one of the safest towns in the country. So in turn, due to the fact that Campbell could no longer run to keep in shape and was sent to one of the country's uh, most pathetic places to try and be a cop in, it didn't take Campbell long to start overeating and drinking on the job to to, uh, pass the time. He had a full gut and a double chin by his second year in Old Westbury, and by year three, he stopped trying to hide the booze in the bottom drawer of his work desk. You know, just sitting, you know, he's, he's like, you know, um, uh, what the hell's his name? Like Batman. Um, I'm thinking Bullock, like, you know? Okay, it's like John Goodman's going to play this guy. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, when Campbell got the call, he was so excited for the action that he almost spit up his freshly swallowed whiskey. Almost, that is. But Campbell doesn't waste <laughs> Campbell doesn't waste his drink for any reason. <laughs> really setting the scene here. Uh, he got to his cruiser and drove like a bat out of hell uh, to, to the Wilkinson residence. <laughs> he was full siren and horn blazing the whole way there. He was back in the show and he was ready to be on top again. Uh, Campbell knew the address well enough. He, he heard the calls come in on the weekends pretty late at night. They were mostly disturbing the peace calls, but every once in a while there might be a fight or one of the two idiot brothers were firing off a gun. Uh, yep, every every officer worth his badge in Old Westbury knew how to get to Benny Wilkinson's mansion. Uh, when Campbell got to the house, he didn't know what to expect. Hell, he didn't care. He, he was back in the game. And that was all that mattered at the end of the day. Woo-woo. The other officers gave a basic rundown of the scene in the bathroom before Campbell even checked the body over. There was, uh, I'm sorry, they were right about the bathroom, Campbell thought to himself. It, it was a complete mystery, but he wasn't going to let uh, anyone, hold on, Whew, hold on one sec. Uh, they were right about the bathroom, Campbell thought to himself. It, it was a complete mystery, but he wasn't going to let anybody else know that he thought that. This is Campbell's one chance to prove that he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't over the hill. And then I wrote like in uh, parentheses here, um, 41. So I, I guess he's 41 at this point. Uh, okay, that makes me feel old because I'm <laughs> older than 41. <laughs> and that he, uh, so I think at this point I was 20 something. So I, would I, say you I thought, thought 41, 41 was, was over the hill. You it's know? not. <laughs> um, uh, and that he still had the goods to get the job done. So uh, he began barking orders and getting his men in line. Campbell heard screaming coming from the bathroom. He, he rushed as best he could to find out what the commotion was all about. The scene was a pretty sad one. The other brother, Barry Wilkinson, uh, was knelt by his dead brother, Benny, and was yelling for the cameraman to stop taking pictures and to get out. You vulturous bastard. Get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> give me some peace. Barry yelled with uh, as much authority as his lungs would give him. Uh, spit, f- spit flew from his open mouth as he tried to remove the reporter w- with merely his words. Uh, Campbell saw the scene unfolding and knew it would be best to let the photographer come back uh, to take his pictures later. The uh, portly sergeant waved a hand uh, to the nearest patrolman, Scott Fields, and uh, pointed at the obtrusive man with the camera. Fields was, uh, I can't read this far away. Uh, Fields was quick and not that gentle. Does he remove the man causing all the problems in the bathroom? Fields was, an, uh, was honestly j- just happy to be in the action uh, and actually look important for at least a minute or two. Uh, da, da, da. 
<laughs> I'm very sorry about that, Mr. Wilkins. I can assure you that uh, it will not happen again. I usually don't let the slime in until after all the family members have, have fled. Uh, Campbell spoke with you know sincerity. He wasn't sure if it was real or not, or if it was caused by the by his morning ritual, a double shooter and a beard chaser. Either way, Campbell was back on the horse, and it felt great. This guy's a real drunk. Um, <laughs> thank, thanks for being uh, so quick, Officer. Uh, Barry could see that the fat middle-aged man looked to be the lead officer, so he wanted to establish some form of a rapport with the guy. I'm Sergeant Nicholas Campbell, Mr. Wilkinson. I'm going to be taking over a few things from here on out. Do you need any of my men to get you anything? Uh, Campbell knew that his uh, first goal should be to ease the minds of the family members and then to do his best to get them uh, to leave that way. His team could work. I, I feel like I should is have that guy there. from New York or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you, Sergeant. Uh, I'm okay at this point. I would much rather have answers than any snacks your, your men might bring me. Barry uh, stared at his brother's missing eyes as he uh, said this. Can, can I just have a few moments? I would like to gather myself before we go any further. Barry knew that he would eventually have to answer questions, and he knew that he would have to talk about last night. Another one of uh, Benny's usual cocaine binge evenings with, with many clubs and many women. But for now, Barry didn't uh, want his brother being uh, thought of an asshole. Rich, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, thought of as another rich club hopping asshole. I wrote that really weird. Uh, Barry knew the papers would do their fair share of uh, destroying Benny's credit when the morning papers hit stands tomorrow. Hell, the, the, the internet would, would most likely be buzzing with the news in a couple of hours. But for now, his credit is still intact, and that's how Barry wanted it. Uh, Campbell was fine with letting Barry get a minute to catch his breath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Campbell was fine letting Barry get a minute to catch his breath. Hell, he, he might even give him two minutes. He, he could use the time to talk to Barry's uh, friend hanging out in the bathroom. That looked to be very extravagant and well uh, designed at one point, but now looked like a bunch of college kids threw a raging keg party in it uh, and managed to destroy any and uh, every expensive piece of furniture in it. I guess the bathroom was like really like nice and lavish at some point. Uh, the buzzed sergeant left Barry and the horrifying scene in the bathroom and headed into the destroyed uh, bedroom. He approached Barry's friend, who happened to be in the, in the corner chatting up with one of the only female officers that, that works here in Old Westbury. She also happens to be the only attractive female force, <laughs> female officer on the force there too. Hold on, she she the only part that makes no sense. Hold on here. He approached the friend talking uh, with one of the... Oh, okay, 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 gotcha. N <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Which part, though? Uh, Betty Bruno was, was that one wild steed that every guy wanted to ride and tried to break in. The uh, problem is that Betty was uh, tough and smart. She could smell uh, any man's bullshit a mile away. She had 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 only one boyfriend in all the years that Campbell had worked with her, and Betty ended up uh, putting a slug in that guy's leg. Self-defense, she told everybody. Uh, after a small period of mandatory vacation, Betty was finally cleared to come back to work, and she was now chatting up a storm with some bastard in a room only 30 feet away from a horribly mangled body. Not to mention the horrendous smell that was coming off the thing. Everyone in the room was wearing a small, cheap, protective breathing mask, everyone except Barry's friend. The, the, the jackass had his resting on top of his head. Uh, so he could apparently fl uh, <laughs> better flirt <laughs> with Betty. Um, this pissed Campbell off something righteous. He stomped up to the uh, two adults acting like, <laughs> acting like they were kids in a schoolyard. 
It's like even in 2009, Drew knew people didn't know how to wear masks. What in the hell's going on here, Bruno? Looks to me like you're, you're flirting with a possible witness, but that couldn't possibly be true because I asked you to set up a perimeter 10 minutes ago. So which is it, Betty? Are you flirting like a schoolgirl or are you in two places at one time? Uh, Campbell was so mad and uh, <laughs> Campbell was so mad he was breathing heavily. Campbell just came from Boston all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to fluctuate. Uh, Campbell was so mad that uh, he was breathing heavily from his mouth, but he didn't care. Uh, this was his scene and he demanded that everyone's respect, even the hot piece of ass that worked at the station. <laughs> I had a feeling he might be just like a little. Yeah. Uh, Betty was completely caught off guard by Campbell, which is hard to do something uh, considering the sergeant's girth. Uh, she, she had meant to do those things, but she got caught up in the witness's eyes and just had to talk to him. Betty knew that uh, she would pay for this tomorrow, probably get some some terrible job cleaning all the cruisers or something even worse, like getting stuck working at a desk next to Campbell. Um <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant. I I got caught up with Gabe here, but uh, I was on the way out. I, I swear, like I'm, I swear, I'm heading there now. Betty's voice uh, seemed to be pleading for some sort of compassion. Um, it was too late, though. Now that the New Yorker was out of the box, he wasn't going back in the box. This little scene with Betty and his uh, and his other fellow was all that Campbell needed to to let his inner bastard out. Campbell loved it when he got to be himself. It so rarely happened around the station. His casual, easygoing voice quickly changed to what can only be described as uh, as a mixture of James Gandolfini from The Sopranos and Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Which are some old Very ones. specific. Very, very old references. Very that, 2009. That, that nobody's going to get nowadays, probably. Oh, you were... <laughs> Oh, you were caught up. I'm so sorry, Officer Bruno. I didn't mean to interrupt your conversation. I mean, we, we we are here for a reason, right? What reason could that be? Oh, yeah, there's a fucking goddamn crime scene. Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're at a, oh, we're at a goddamn crime scene trying to do what this fucking rich pussy-ass town pays us to do. So if you're all done here trying to get some dick for the weekend, would you mind going and doing your goddamn job? He said all this with a great deal of sarcasm and mockery in his voice, but he also had a big fat boy smile on his face as he did it. Uh, Campbell stretched his arms out as he spoke to make a big scene so everyone could see what happens when you disobey his orders and try and cross him. Uh, Betty left the room with her jaw looking stiff and her eyes completely dry. She wasn't going to give the son of a bitch uh, satisfaction to making her cry or look weak in front of everyone. She, she messed up and knew it, and she was ready to take her tongue lashing and be done with it. Campbell turned his gaze to, uh, at the aforementioned Gabe. Unfortunately, the sergeant was shocked when he saw the other man had no problem making eye contact. He even looked to welcome it. Campbell uh, uh, Campbell didn't stare long, though. The, the other man had these emerald eyes that seemed to daze you. Uh, Nicholas looked at his pocket and pulled out his notebook. If Campbell had... Had the, uh, if Campbell had the most exp- oh, what the fuck if Campbell had the most experience in the in the department he, okay if Campbell had the most experience in the department his notebook was probably second in line it had been with him since his early days in New York so what's your name there Fabio <laughs> which which again nobody's gonna fucking get who Fabio is yeah. he was a really attractive guy back in the nineties everybody um, uh, Campbell could see that he was uh, he already wasn't going to like this asshole. Uh, as, as Nicholas waited for a response, he sized the guy up. 
at him. Look, I don't know, he sized the guy up, looking at him from top to bottom. The man looked to be about six foot two and maybe a buck eighty-five in weight. His brown hair was cut in a short style, just a little longer than your average buzz, than your average buzz could. If you look too quickly, you might think his eyes were actually emeralds, but they were just a strong shade of green. He was a clean shaved and looked to have a strong chin. He couldn't have been over 27 or at the oldest, maybe 29, but he stood with, with such a presence of experience and wisdom, it seemed unnatural. There was a small scar on the side of his neck and a tiny uh, cut marks on both of his hands. This man looked to uh, look like he had seen his fair share of brawls and uh, seeing how his face still has uh, and seeing how his face still has his boyish good looks to it. Camel would bet his bottom dollar that this man had won every fight he'd ever been in. His clothes were simple yet nice. He wore a, a light blue dress shirt uh, with a Zodiac watch on his right wrist. So it's probably in the uh, price range of $150. He wore some nice slacks and what looked to be a pair of uh, Kenneth Cole dress shoes on his feet. His outfit was maybe a total of $400 that let Campbell know that uh, this Gabe fellow had a little bit of money, but, but nowhere near the money um, that the normal crew of friends that uh, normally hang around with the Wilkinsons. Hell, the uh, comforter on the bed was probably worth two to three times more than this guy's entire outfit. So why was he here? This is a long ass, long ass chapter here. Uh, you can call me Gabe, Sergeant. Gabe's voice was very pleasant and respectful, yet it had a familiarity to it that Campbell couldn't place. Uh, Gabe spoke with the respect and seriousness. This made Campbell dislike him even more. How do you know the Wilkinsons brothers? You don't seem like the type of company that they uh, normally keep. And by that, I mean, you don't look like you could. F <laughs> and by that, I mean, you don't look like you could fart $100 bills, uh, $100 bills necessary to be considered part of this group. So, Jesus. Um, Campbell had looked up as he spoke to, uh, to talk to Gabe in the face. Nicholas was only five foot 11 and that was on a good day. But even then it was still uh, a fat man's five foot 11, <laughs> meaning his massive stomach caused him to slouch and lean forward more than he should. Uh, needless to say, Campbell didn't want to talk to Gabe long or, uh, or his neck might get a crick in it. I only met the brothers about a week ago. I'm here on business and we just met by chance. We seemed to hit it off pretty swell, so they decided to show me around Old Westbury. They introduced me to a, a few potential clients. Uh, Gabe was now leaning against the wall. He slid his breathing mask down on his mouth. This was not because of the stench coming from the bathroom, in truth. It was because Sergeant Campbell's uh, looked to be a mouth breather. <laughs> this, was, this little rant uh, seemed to, to really get uh, his harsh And his little rant seemed to get his heart racing. In turn, um, got him all out of breath. And Gay was getting a good whiff of what Campbell had drank for breakfast. He thought he might get buzzed just by smelling the noxious fumes escaping the sergeant's mouth. Um, what line of work you in there, mister? Campbell was uh, abruptly cut off by the other man. Gabe is fine, Sergeant. Uh, no, no need for mister. Um, if Gabe wasn't wearing his mask, Campbell would see the small smile forming on Gabe's lips. Okay, uh, just Gabe, what line of work you in there that had you cross paths with the uh, two richest men in town? I'm into real estate. I buy houses and then try to uh, uh, turn them around for a sizable profit. My company sent me to try and sell the Wilkinsons on a couple of homes out in California. They had uh, contacted a bunch of different agencies trying to get some information on buying a house out like on the West Coast. When we returned their calls, they informed us that the uh, price would not be an issue. My boss put me on a plane and tried to close the sale in person almost immediately. 
I met up with the brothers about a week ago. Uh, since I'm not bad at my job, I asked Wilkinsons if they knew anybody else in town that that might be interested, like in some you know cheap property. They pointed me in a, a few directions. I uh, have been here closing deals all week. I finished up yesterday, and the three of us went out to celebrate last night. All this came out of Mouse Gay with a with great fluidity. Uh, there were no pauses or stammers. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Campbell was writing as quick as he could, but the fact that his hand was uh, swaying a little more than it should, mostly to do with the Woodford Reserve that he had just uh, had to have today, made writing very frustrating. When Gabe stopped and Campbell had a chance to go back over his notes, he could see that his writing was at an angle and half of his notes were written on top of each other. Sergeant cursed slightly under his breath. He couldn't believe uh, he had done something that stupid. He began to contemplate if he should uh, have Gabe tell him the story all over again or just uh, have him keep, keep talking. The notes weren't completely ruined, but uh, only half were legible. Campbell didn't want to look like he didn't know what he was doing. This was his scene, damn it. And, uh, da, 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 and he had to look great. By then he... God damn... Uh, he then began to think about what everyone else would think if they uh, found out he had written notes improperly. They'd probably uh, all accuse him of being drunk. Kimball might even get fired. They found out he had come to one of the biggest crime scenes to ever hit Old Westbury drunk. He began to sweat and try to think of some kind of excuse for his bad penmanship. Uh, Gabe stood there waiting for Campbell to respond or to pretty much say anything. Gabe had been finished talking for nearly two minutes now. And was waiting for some sort of uh, response from Sergeant Campbell, who was now start uh, staring very intently at his notebook, swaying slightly from side to side. Gabe wasn't sure what to do. He didn't know if their conversation was over or if maybe this was some kind of new police tactic. Hell, uh, if Gabe didn't know any better, he would have sworn that Campbell had fallen asleep standing up with his eyes open. Gabe began to look around the room for someone to let him know if he could go or if he should signal letting him know what they need to say something. All Gabe got was a confusing shrug from Officer Fields. Without warning, Campbell uh, sprang back to life, uh, began speaking as if Gabe had just finished up his story. So you and the two brothers, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so you and the two brothers went out uh, last night and did a little partying, huh? Uh, I guess you could say that. I was supposed to be leaving town today, so they wanted to show me like a you know good night, a good last night in Old Westbury. Went to a couple bars, but the only uh, one that I can re uh, really remember was Ice. At least I'm pretty sure it was called Ice. The only reason that that it comes to mind is because it was filled with the best-looking dames. Uh, didn't really like the music, too loud too, and uh, too repetitive for my taste. But the uh, man behind the bar poured the drinks fair and square, so you got to like that, am I right? As, as Gabe was finished, the uh, last part of the slightest bit of a southern accent crept through his lips. The accent wasn't very strong, but it was distinct enough to make Camel's ears pick up. What part of California say that, that you were from there, Gabe? I didn't say I was from California, Sergeant. I'm originally from Tennessee, sir. Uh, I've only been out here for the past couple of years, but to be honest, uh, my boss, uh, da, 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 my boss has me in. Hold oh, up, Jesus! My boss, my boss has me on the plane most days of the week. Gabe was trying to remain friendly, but he was uh, starting to think that this conversation was turning into an interrogation, and he didn't like it. Oh, so you're one of them uh, country boys. Oh, Jesus Christ, hold on. Oh, so you're one of them country... <laughs> hold on, I can't, I can't get the New York accent right. <laughs> oh, so you're one of them country boys, huh? What part of Tennessee you from? I had a partner once who uh, took a camping trip down there with a few of his buddies. He said it was it was a fun enough time, except that there were no good-looking... Uh, there were no, look, no good-looking bitches down there. He said it almost as if... Uh, he said... 
it almost made you want to, uh, wow, Jesus. Okay, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, um, this this isn't great. Uh, he said it almost made you want to be queer. Campbell laughed as he uh, said this, revealing a mouthful of gingivitis and decaying teeth. Uh, Gabe looked past Gamble and rolled his eyes. He was beginning to become annoyed. He knew that uh, it was best to help out law enforcement and, and to fall in line like a good soldier. But this guy was an asshole. That was inappropriate to say the least. Uh, Campbell saw Gabe shake his head uh, in some form of annoyance. This immediately got Campbell worked up again. Oh, I'm sorry, Gabe. Am I boring you with a little chat here? Maybe you got better things to do uh, than finding out who took your friend's life back there. Campbell was beginning to move closer to Gabe. He was really breathing hard and trying to get chest to chest with the other man. Uh, Gabe began to laugh now. Not mind you. Uh, hold on. I, I, I just can't read this shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Gabe began to laugh now. Not. I can't fucking talk now. Not hard, mind you, but uh, enough to be uh, noticed. Are you, uh, are you trying to say that somebody whacked Benny? That uh, That is what, what, what you guys say, right? Uh, I could have sworn that you're from, that uh, we're in Old Westbury, Sergeant, and not like in the land of Oz, because there's nothing that I, I know of that a person can do to make another person look like that. Gabe pointed at, at the bathroom as you spoke this last part. Campbell was caught in his tracks. He hadn't even began to think of, hey, cause of death. Nicholas had seen the body, and he did think that something was definitely wrong in the bathroom. He just uh, assumed that someone had, had, had killed Benny Wilkinson. To Campbell, ooh, these are very smudgy. Uh, to Campbell, uh, knowledge, nobody went from being, oh, Jesus Christ, I just, I'm just such a bad, bad writer. Uh, <laughs> he had just assumed that someone had killed Benny Wilkinson. Uh, to Campbell, to Campbell's knowledge, there we go, uh, nobody went from being alive and well one day to a rotting, decayed corpse in the next day simply because of natural causes. Something had happened in that bathroom. Campbell was determined to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Sergeant Campbell, if you still wanted to uh, get my statement, I think I'm ready now. Uh, Barry had heard all of the commotion from the bathroom. He had uh, had a feeling that the once friendly conversation in the bathroom was beginning to become heated. Barry felt that it was best to step in now and calm things down. Campbell turned around a little uh, startled. He had not heard Barry approaching from the bathroom. Campbell silently cursed and blamed his deafness on old age. Okay, Jesus Christ. At what point? Why is this chapter so fucking long? This is insane. Do you have chapters or is it just one long? You know what? I don't know. I don't think you have chapters. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, see, I, I, see, I, I, feel, I hate it because like I chopped out all of this. I was just like, you know, because it just like wasn't needed once I got to where like I was actually or whatever. I was like, you don't need any of this information. Is Campbell, would he get canceled now? <laughs> he probably would. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, all right, then, Barry. Uh, how about you tell me about last night from the point where you hit where you, uh, the, from the point when, when you three hit the town together to when you found your brother dead and called us. Sergeant Camp was now sitting on the bed as he spoke, his neck and uh, back were really starting to hurt. He had felt uh, he had felt that his listening skills wouldn't be any better if he were on his feet. My brother and I picked up Gabe around nine. We uh, hit all of our usual spots. We ended the night at ice. Uh, we all had a, a good bit to drink. The women were really out last night, and that usually brings out the best in Benny. I think he even pulled a, a <laughs> he pulled a couple of numbers. Uh, we we left we left there around two thirty in the morning. We got back uh, here around three. I didn't stay long. It was my day to be in early at the office. 
Uh, Gabe stayed around and had a few drinks, though. Barry was running his hands through his, profu- uh, through his hair profusely as he spoke. He was obviously pretty shaken up. Gabe uh, picked up uh, where uh, picked up where Barry left off. I stayed for maybe another half hour. My uh, flight left at ten, and I wanted to get some sleep. Benny walked me to the door, and I went home. Barry phoned me around eight thirty this morning, and I got here just a few minutes before you did. Gabe mentioned uh, to the room, oh, sorry, Gabe motioned to the room as he talked about the officers in the room. God, this is just written so terribly. Um. I can keep going if you guys want, or I can stop. It doesn't matter. It's, it's up to y'all. Are there no chapters? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Because, because like, if I go to, like, the, the very end here, there's a seven there. Like, like, like I can I can clearly see a seven, and then there's here, an eight. And, 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 and there's an eight. Let's see. There's, there's a six. six. Keep going. Five. Four. four. You got chapters. <laughs> Is there a three? Hold on. Is oh, a three? Where's the two? Where the <laughs> fuck is the two? This is insane. Why did I, I not have a two? That's crazy. So I, I just went right from you one. Just do your own thing, babe. One to three here. That's the mystery. <laughs> that is the mystery. Yeah. That's gonna actually be the last chapter. The very yeah. last. <laughs> In the back of the book. Chapter two. Yeah. That's a great idea. It's like you, you, you do it first chapter and then you skip like a big part of the story. A little story key to of, go to three. bit of information, like yeah. an important part. And then of the, the end is chapter two. It, it's almost it's like. It's a flashback. Yeah. It's, exactly. it, it's like a choose your your own like, you know, uh, you know like adventure, except it's like a choose your, your own chapter. <laughs> you, just, you just go, you know, like wherever, wherever you that, want. You can skip and they all just flow. Yes. Okay. So chapter three starts in 15 pages. So I can keep reading to that, or we can call it. It's up to y'all. How long is the time we at? Uh, we are at 29 minutes. I can read a little bit more. Okay. All right. Uh, so we just read, uh, my brother got picked up. Uh, Gay picked up where he left off. All right. Um, Camel was rubbing his double chin and looking at the high ceiling, trying to make heads or tails of what he was hearing. As he was gazing at the ceiling, he came across something that made his jaw drop. He, uh, he, he had conflicting feelings for what he was looking at. He was uh, overjoyed, but at the same time infuriated at the fact that he had not seen it earlier. In the corner of the room, high above the door that led into the bedroom, was a security camera. How come nobody told me about that? Camel was putting the camera with his uh, camera was pointing to the camera with one chubby finger. At that moment, all the other officers looked up at the, what the sergeant was pointing at. A collective sigh broke out all across the room. Only one officer spoke up. It was a soon-to-be-sorry Scott Fields. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I saw, but you looked so busy. I didn't know when the right time was to tell you. Scott put his hands up in an apologetic-like fashion. Campbell uh, simply closed his pocket-sized notebook and flung it across the room directly at Officer Fields. Campbell had played a little baseball when he was younger, and you could definitely tell from the way he threw the notebook. It flew with speed, precision, and purpose. It struck Officer Fields right in the middle of his forehead. Uh, Campbell then jumped to his feet the best he could, and he made his way over to the officer, now rubbing the embarrassing welt beginning to swell in the middle of his forehead. Uh, Any time would have been good, you goddamn goon. Did you think us guys? Do you think us guys over here was just waiting around? Uh, we just wasted our breath for nothing. I want you to take your useless ass downstairs uh, and look for the security room with a camera that 
uh, with a camera that nice, I'm sure that there's a system on site. Uh, Campbell was doing his best not to hit Fields right where he stood. He were still in New York City. He might just belt him one in the stomach. Not knowing about the cameras made Campbell felt stupid. He didn't like to feel stupid, especially when there was uh, someone else's fault. Sergeant Campbell turned his attention back to Barry and Gabe. I'm gonna go look at the secure. I'm go looking at this security camera business. You guys stay around a little while. If I find anything, I'm sure uh, you two want to be here for it. Campbell uh, turned around and began to stroll out the bedroom. Turned around when he got uh, to the open door and said, "If you guys need anything, just ask one of these schlubs. Uh, seeing how, how they aren't good for much, uh, uh, seeing how they aren't good for much else except for standing around and riding the clock. At least they could do is run a few errands for you two. After that, Sergeant Campbell left the room and headed downstairs. Barry began to show a few signs of shock. He was uh, shaking a little. He was shaking. Uh, he was shaking a little and, and rubbing his hands together quite a bit. His blonde hair, which is normally gelled and combed very precise and neat looking, was all out of whack. Barry must have been running his hands through his hair quite a bit because it was almost standing on end. Gabe thought it might be best to get Barry out of the bedroom before he rubbed his hands raw or, or pulled what hair he had left right out of his head. Hey, Barry, you want to go uh, get some fresh air? Gabe did his best to put, on a, to, to put a smile on his face. What the hell? I could use a smoke anyways. Lead the way, Gabe. I'm right behind you. Uh, Barry met Gabe's eyes, uh, and he said this, and he wished that he hadn't. Gabe's eyes had a, a way of... Barry met Gabe's eyes when he said this, and he wished he hadn't. Gabe's eyes had a way of making you uh, want to be honest, and that was the last thing that Barry wanted to be right now. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Gabe was getting the weirdest feeling from Barry. It was as if uh, Barry was playing the part of the sad brother, right? But there was something else there uh, when their eyes had met for a brief second. If Gabe didn't know any better, he would swear that that look in Barry's eyes was neither hurt nor sadness, but, but more of a look of fear. The two men began to make their way out of the now derelict bedroom. When Barry got to the edge of the door, uh, he turned to the nearest officer and said, if you could brew up a couple, of coffee, a couple of cups of coffee, that would be great. Two cubes of sugar, two creamers, and a teaspoon of honey in mine. Uh, and he spring uh, a plain black coffee for Gabe. My brother had uh, had quite the coffee bar set up in the kitchen. It shouldn't be too hard to figure out. This made Barry feel good. He, he loved telling others what to do. He followed Gabe out the door and down the hall. They entered the foyer and went down the stairs. They passed a shattered vase at the bottom of the steps. The two men took a sharp right turn when they got to the bottom of the steps. They entered a short hallway that opened up into a vast living room full of decorative art and a TV the size of a barn. They veered their way around a couch and seemed uh, to take up most of the room. They headed right through a swinging door that led to the dining room, and you could tell this room was, was more for, uh, for show than practicality. It was filled with glorious chandelier and a table that was littered with golden plates and flatware alike. There was a large bay window with curtains strung wide open on one wall, letting in beautiful rays of sunlight. The two men ventured on towards the next room. They entered the kitchen. Or the king of kitchens, to be more exact, Benny's house had, had one of the largest kitchen. Uh, Benny's house had one of the largest kitchens in all of Old Westbury. It was a source of envy for most people that lived in the town. It was the size of a fully stocked hotel kitchen or a large restaurant. It had every type of gadget, pot, pan, spice, cutlery needed to make anything homemade. Benny employed a full staff and, only, and it had only the the best private chefs working under his roof. Uh, he even had his own meat cooler and like a butcher setup. Yet the two men uh, walked still to the door to the far end of the kitchen where Gabe opened a door, uh, a, a door, a loud but pleasant bell went off in the house. Uh, as Barry walked through, he couldn't help but wonder how anyone got in the house if the alarm was still working. Uh, and there was no signs of forced entry. 
when the uh, when he had entered the mansion an hour earlier, he had unlocked the door and reset the alarm. So whoever had gotten in was either invited or had access. These last thoughts made Barry shiver. Mm. The inside of the house was the ama- was amazing. The backyard was twice that. The landscape was about four acres in size and well manicured. There was decorative bushes cut into the shape of random animals. There was a fountain surrounded by a koi pond. There was a tennis court that looked to be uh, to have been used maybe once in its lifetime. Towards the back of the yard, walkways leading all through the yard were visible. Lining the patio, which was also beautiful and finely crafted, was one of the most breathtaking rose bushes. They were trimmed just right to give off their, their full color and smell. Gabe couldn't. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Gabe couldn't, but give a whistle blow. What the fuck? Oh, okay. I, I guess Gabe like 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 whistles here. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Barry, I've I never seen this place during the day before. It's quite nice. I mean, I knew you guys were loaded, but I, I never really knew um, it, it was this much. Gabe extended his arms as if, as if trying to measure the lawn by mere sight. Barry was only half listening. He was more determined to light up a much-needed cigarette. The problem was he couldn't remember which pocket he had his beloved uh, cigarette case. Of course, calling it just cigarette case wasn't doing it justice. Uh, it rightly deserved. In truth, it, it was an Art Deco silver enamel cigarette case, uh, case uh, circa the 1930s. It was believed to be originally from Italy. It cost Barry a little over uh, 2,000 euros for it. That didn't really matter to him. He knew uh, that he knew that he'd overspent for the case, and he didn't care. Barry was the kind of man that liked to overpay for things. His need for items was born from a desire to impress rather than a need of necessity. Uh, Barry breathed a sigh of relief as his mad padding had finally located the case in his inner coat pocket of his custom-made Versace suit. He, mm, I love Versace. He clicked the button uh, to, on the case uh, and pulled a rather fine-looking cigarette. Uh, Barry smiled a little as he stared at the hand-rolled smoke. His brother had insisted on... on his brother had insisted on... I can't talk. His brother had insisted on him using classy cigarettes if he was going to own such an expensive case. So one day, Benny came to Barry with a beautiful small wooden box of hand-rolled cigarettes. The tobacco was uh, from, from one of the top farms in America for growing tobacco. Synth- oh, shit. Um, Cynthiana, Kentucky? I think that's right. Or maybe... Con- mm. And what's crazy is that I actually looked that up. I was like... I, I remember like, you know, trying to like find that. And the papers were from a, a company called Bamboo. Uh, which one is one of the oldest and best papers to roll with, which is also true, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, in fact, Barry had once uh, lit one of these bad boys up around Gabe, and Gabe had to have one. Gabe doesn't smoke, mind you, but the papers, uh, but the papers really brought him back to a better time, and he just had to have one. Barry clumsily lit his fine cigarette and gave Gabe a short response. Yeah, we got some money. Barry was uh, now just staring out into the yard with uh, no particular sport, uh, spot of interest. Well, I guess I got some money now that, that you know, Benny's gone. Just saying it out loud really hit hard. Gabe was trying to keep conversation light. I wish I had le- learned a little something about the computer world like you two. Maybe I could have bought a house down the block. Uh, the thought of himself using computers made Gabe laugh out loud. We could have had poker nights. Uh, well, it wasn't really computers uh, at the start, Gabe. Uh, Barry took a long, much-needed drag on a cigarette. It tasted great. We worked our way up uh, up to that. Uh, Barry said this in a very matter-of-fact type of way. In truth, the Wilkinsons had worked their way up the corporate ladder. They opened their original business in a small town in New Jersey called Hynella. 
There was uh, very little to do in, uh, in any fashion, but people really loved their dogs in this friendly little town. Problem for the townsfolk was that there was no way to really pamper the little furry friends. Uh, the Wilkinsons opened up Puck Cuts <laughs> in late 2001. <laughs> it was an overnight success in their town. Uh, they they had franchised uh, to other smaller towns by 2002. By 2003, it had taken over the entire pet manicuring business on the East Coast. You're killing me. Uh, the Wilkinsons sold their once small uh, town success for a whopping $104 million. $104 million. <laughs> People really liked it. Okay, real quick. Was Puck Cuts cut from the original version? Uh, it, it, the the idea is still there. But yeah, it was. It, it's not like you talked about like this or whatever. Um, and I hate it because like, it's explained later why it worked or whatever. But like we, we don't have the time to like read all this. Uh, they uh, quickly began to play the market and buying up small internet companies left and right. Wilkinson Enterprises came into fruition in early 2004. They own almost all search engine and social networking sites. Jesus, all right. So apparently, they yeah they uh, uh, bought Facebook apparently and Google. Meta. Yeah, Meta. Yeah, uh, Meta. Nice. I like that. Um, a good part of Microsoft and almost all of Starbucks at this point. You can tell Damn. that like that they were the, the most known things to me at that time or whatever. I was like, yeah, fucking Starbucks is good. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, they just put in a huge offer to buy the New York Mets because I figured that the Nets were cheap enough. I guess you know that they that they couldn't buy like the actual Yankees, but the Mets were you know, probably like you know on sale, reasonable. Yeah, Re- uh, within reach. Their their net worth at this point in the year two thousand eleven. So this is ten years ago. Uh, it's a little higher than sixty seven billion dollars. Wow, uh, that's yeah. a lot of dog haircuts. That's, that's a lot, man. Oh, okay. at, at first, this is this is seven years later. They own Facebook and everything. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. they own Facebook. Uh, needless to say, and Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, actually. Uh, needless to say, their only company in the United States that uh, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Needless to say, they're only the the only company in the United States that can give Bill Gates a uh, a loan for the full amount of his company. And still have plenty over to buy the NFL because that they have that much money. So they buy the NFL. They can buy the NFL. The whole NFL. The whole NFL, and give Bill Gates a loan. Damn. Uh, Barry, Barry's hand shook as he took another drag off of his cigarette. When he raised his arm a third time, he caught the sight of something on his sleeve—a dark red spot of some sort. Barry leaned in and uh, leaned his head in and got a good whiff. He thought maybe he was—he was, he thought maybe it was jam. He had pancakes early in the morning, and uh, he could have been so absent minded to have dropped a bit on his sleeve. On any other day, th- this might have actually been jam on Tom Barry's $1,000 suit. But unfortunately, today was not one of those days. When Barry breathed in, he did not get a strong smell of strawberries. Instead, he got a whiff of the stench in the bathroom that was emanating from his dead brother. Oh, shit. Uh, Barry had to put his free hand on his mouth to help him from fighting back the urge to vomit. Flashes of the bathroom began to explode in- into Barry's mind. He tried to fight these images back the best he could, but it was of no use. Now that this train of thought had left the station, all Barry could do was sit back and try to, <laughs> all he could do was sit back and ride it to the end. Uh, Gabe could see that Barry uh, looked to be in bad shape. He was now bent over and leaning on the patio railing. Barry wasn't a big man to begin with, and with the way he was leaning, it made him look that much smaller. Gabe could now see that uh, Barry was doing a combination of dry heaving and sobbing, all the while trying to smoke his beloved hand-rolled cigarettes. Uh, Gabe knew he shouldn't ask, but the words were out of his mouth before he could put them back in. Are you all right, Barry? (laughs) 
Uh, Gabe felt dumb asking the question almost immediately. Of course, Barry wasn't okay. Uh, thankfully, Barry just waved his hand and said, yeah, give me a minute. Barry could see it all now, like a movie you don't really want to see, but can't turn away from. Uh, Barry could see himself parking his Mercedes in, in the enormous driveway. He could see himself ringing the, the uh, doorbell and beating on the front door. He could feel his hands shooting to his pockets for his keys. Benny had, uh, Benny had given him a house key about a year ago, but Barry had never had to use it. And now Barry feared that uh, using it today could only mean bad things. When Barry entered the gigantic house, the alarm blared through the foyer and in his ears. With a few quick buttons, the alarm was silenced. Barry remembers the view from the doorway looking into the foyer. There was a shattered vase by the stairs and uh, long black street marks leading up the stairs. Barry could feel the fear that he felt then like it was brand new. He could see himself calling for his brother and racing up the stairs to Benny's bedroom. When he turned... What? Oh. Um, oh, crap. Just out of curiosity, he, this guy's worth like $60 billion and yeah. he spent... Two thousand dollars on a cigarette case? Hell yeah! Okay, that's like <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg doesn't smoke. I bet his cigarette case got more two thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, uh, did it? Uh, Barry had okay. Barry never had to use it. He now feared using today can only mean the bad things. Uh, when Barry entered the gigantic house, the alarm blared. Da, 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 da. Barry remembers the view from the doorway. Um, there's a small okay. There was a shattered vase by the stairs and a long black streak marks leading up the stairs. Barry could feel the fear that he felt like it was brand new. He could see himself calling out for his brother and racing up the stairs to Benny's bedroom. When he turned the corner, he was astonished to see its conditions. The walls had gaping holes in them, revealing the studs. The mirror over the dresser was now all over the uh, was now all over the floor with dried blood covering a few pieces. The armoire looked like something huge had been thrown through it. Uh, it was nearly ready to topple over. The mattress was turned up and had uh, debris all over it. Barry called for his brother again, hoping against hope to hear his voice. He reluctantly walked into the bathroom where, uh, for some reason, deep in his gut, he knew this is where he would find his brother dead. The bathroom looked to have been hit by a tornado. The mirrors in the bathroom were now shattered all over the floor. The toilet looked to have been exploded because it was uh, it was... It, 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 too, was in pieces all over the floor. The bathtub was covered in debris uh, and glass alike. Barry then looked down to see his brother's corpse lying on the floor. It would look to be in agonizing pain. In fact, the only reason Barry knew it was Benny was because the body lying on the midnight blue tiles was still wearing Benny's clothes from the night before. Benny's face was stretched to the point where it looked like his jaw was being ripped off. His eyes seemed to have been melted from, from the sockets in his eyes. Uh, and all that, all that was left were dark. Well, sorry, his eyes looked to have been melted, and all that was left were dark, gaping holes. His teeth were jagged and even broken to some points. Uh, it looked as if uh, they were yanked from his mouth with no precision or ease, mind you. Benny's nails seemed to have been ripped off as well. But upon further investigation, Benny had actually broken his nails off by scratching the incline at the bathroom floor. He was probably in, in so much pain he didn't. Uh, he was doing this unknowingly. The flesh was old, rotted, and looked to have been decaying for a decade. There was uh, a vicious gash in one of Benny's cheeks, revealing the muscle and decomposing bone. For as bad for as bad as Benny's body looked, the smell was much worse. Once, when Barry was twelve, he had visited his grandfather in the hospital. His grandpa had been dying of cancer and was expected to go at any moment. So one afternoon, Barry uh, had built up the necessary guts needed to visit his pop pop. 
all by himself. So he rode his Huffy in between traffic, the whole 14 miles needed to get there. What Barry didn't know was that grandfather had passed away no more than five minutes before he had arrived at the hospital, and that he was about to become the first person in his family to see the newly deceased grandfather. 12-year-old Barry entered the room with the nervousness. He had never been in the hospital room alone with his dying grandfather before. Unfortunately for Barry, his grandfather was no longer dying and was now simply just dead. The first thing uh, to hit Barry was to wait in the room. He could feel the sadness and the tears shed. All sense of happiness seemed to run from his body. The smell hit him next. It had a taste of medicine and rotting dog. His grandfather had released his bowels when he passed, and the nurses hadn't changed him yet. Barry could also smell the, the dead organs uh, inside his grandfather. He could almost taste the death in the room. Barry quickly fled the hospital and never spoke of this last meeting with his grandfather with anyone. If you were to ask, uh, if you were to have asked Barry yesterday what was the worst thing he had ever smelt in his life, he, his mind would have thought of, of that day in the hospital with his dead grandfather. Today, however, after going in, into Benny's bathroom and finding his decaying corpse on the floor, Barry felt that that smell in the hospital room hadn't been that bad after all. Stench in the bathroom coming off the lifeless corpse of Benny Wilkinson resembled uh, more of a noxious fume than it did a smell. It seemed to cover you with a thick musk. It angrily moved into your nostrils and down your throat, and then it burled its way into your lungs. When Barry breathed, he could taste the smell of rotting burnt flesh at the back of his throat and on his tongue. It was so pungent that it made your eyes burn so bad that they could cry blood. All these thoughts and smells came to Barry in a wave of horror. Barry uh, tried, but he couldn't uh, stop himself this time. He was so afraid and panicked um, that the fear felt like it was living in his stomach. He had to get it out. Barry leaned over the patio and released um, all of his fear and sadness onto Benny's award-winning roses. Uh, Barry continued to vomit and cry for nearly three minutes, and it all came up. The beer and the shots from last night um, that, that, that Benny had bought for him, and even the pancakes he didn't, he'd eaten on the way to work today. Barry held nothing back. Gabe stood there watching the, the Gabe stood there watching the, the other man uh, ruin his dead brother's lawn. He watched Barry puke up brightly colored liquids and a few solids that, that looked to be half-eaten blueberry pancakes. Uh, when when Barry turned his sickly gaze towards him, Gabe almost laughed. Barry seemed to be oozing um, oozing every fluid that <laughs> that the body could possibly produce. His mouth was drooling with a little vomit, still in his, uh, his eyes were still full of tears, and his nose was running. Barry looked like a beaten and drained man, and Gabe felt bad for the little guy. Uh, Barry, you got a little something. Oh, shit. <laughs> Barry, you got a little something all over your face there, big guy. Uh, Gabe said this with a smile on his face that, that he felt it would be best to joke about it than, than rather pity the other man. Uh, Barry returned Gabe's verbal jab with a, sm with a smile and a little laugh. He took his uh, silk tie and began to clean his face. He then took out another cigarette and lit it up. It seemed that uh, it seemed that his last one was lying somewhere under the vomit in Benny's rose bushes. Barry felt that his embarrassing scene was probably over now and began trying to act casual again. Oh, crap. Ugh. Well, that was... Uh, what page is this? We are at, that was page 35 of the 99 that I wrote. We're not going to read it all, obviously, because Jesus Christ is too long. Um, but I, I just, I'd like, like, this is why I, I'd like change things. Because uh, I mean, you put a lot of adjectives. I did. So, yeah. I, I did. Yeah. So I, I put in like so much. Did you like read uh, Game of Thrones? And then you're like, okay, <laughs> let me do this. <laughs> 
I, 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 were in you my, inspired? In, in my mind, while I was writing it, I was wanting it to read almost like a detective style book. So, so I was hitting it with a lot of those, you know, like you know, this and that and stuff or whatever. Um, I was also reading a lot of, of like Stephen King at the time, or whatever. So there's also yeah. some of his bullshit in here, and it's it's spelled terribly. I mean, like I mean, like I'm I'm having to stop and reread things, and the the, the, the commas are not placed correctly. Like my English is awful, awful bad. It, it's not good now. It was really bad back then. Yeah, so um, if you want, we can finish this another time, um, or I can just tell y'all the story and stuff or whatever about like you know what happens and everything. But um, I, I guess uh, you guys let me know um, if you would like us to 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 read it at another time. I, I, I will, mean, I will be sure. Oh, I see. The thing is, like, I don't know if people really listen to it. A I have lot. no idea. You want to save it? I, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So but if they so, don't, yeah, you know. we'll wait. We'll wait. I'll uh, wait till you know. Uh, depending on how many listens it gets, yeah. Okay. If it's if it's that's right. If it gets forty listens, I'll the story more. will continue. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just tell everybody what happens. Basically, whatever. If it gets less than ten, I'll never <laughs> tell anybody. If it gets less than ten, nobody gets anything. <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us um, and listening to my terrible story. Um, I'm putting uh, Chase and my wife to sleep. Uh, that's but it, not. That's because I'm in our defense. Tired. It's up, one o'clock. It, it, yeah, it, it, it is one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys. Uh, hopefully your Halloween is awesome. Um, we have our big party tomorrow. Woo-woo. Should yeah. be uh, Ch- Chase's hunch punch, which is just 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 it's Cosby punch. <laughs> Cosby punch. Um, is the general. I knew ever, that voice was coming. Everclear. Oh, Rudy. Too soon. Yeah. Or not soon enough. <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we will hit you back in November. I'm thinking maybe we'll do since it's the month of of, of thankfulness um, and, and and all that. Maybe we'll do like some thankful episodes about like you know certain you know directors and like and like who who, who we're thankful for and, and, and we'll talk about like you know works and stuff. And also the uh, Eternals is coming out. People apparently well, hate Eternals. It. Uh, Last night in Soho. Yep, just yep. came out. So what's the yeah, movie we'll have a, a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, apparently, um, Iron Fist. Uh, is no longer Danny Rand. Uh, that, that that was like taken over. Think, and stuff. I mean, do you think they did that because the yes. actor? Oh no no no! I think they they did that so that they can start fresh with some some kind of bullshit. It, but I'm saying movies. like, but like because they're like bringing in Matt Murdock, whatever, like the Daredevil from Netflix. And so they're oh, like, they're oh, like, hey, yeah. we just have to create a whole new Daredevil, <laughs> our, our new yeah. Iron Fist. So uh, that, there's, that one dude just killed the character so bad. Finn Jones is such a piece of shit. So apparently, like, there's just all types of things about, about him not putting in, like, the work and stuff. You know, it's like, he, he just sucked. I also thought, like, didn't he get it kind of, like, he did. He got it, and then they're like, okay, we're shooting. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was just like a giant fucking fiasco. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, have a great Halloween. Uh, we'll see y'all next month. Bye. See you.